Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Things We Think We Know. I'm Kyla. I'm Lee. And today we just wanted to talk about, you know, what's going on this month. It's back to school season. Not work from home season. (laughs) Work from home season is every season now from now on. That is true. (laughs) But for the people that are going back to school, because that was us not too long ago. (laughs) Not too long ago at all. For the past 17 years. That's crazy. I mean, this time last year was our senior year of college. So we thought, what better way to celebrate back to school than to give tips and tricks on kind of how to navigate going back to college and also online school? Yeah, because schooling is going to look a lot different (laughs) this Mm -hmm. year. Even us, we kind of got a glimpse of it that last end of March and oh yeah, for the rest of that spring semester up until graduation. So we have a, a little bit of insight, I would say. Yeah. And okay. there's a lot, too, to think about that doesn't have to do just with, like, doing school online. Yeah, definitely. I think because we're in, like, an online school work-from-home situation, it's so applicable to many people and not just like going back to classes you know Mm -hmm. okay so do you want to start it off or I'll start it off okay okay I'll start off with a simple one and that is priority setting is my one tip especially for college I mean this definitely applies to anyone but when it comes to college you're balancing so many different things in your life. It's not just like school and extracurriculars. You're also, you know, living a life as an individual and learning how to take care of yourself while you're, um, I mean, I guess most people are home now, but if you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. you're still learning to just like be a little bit more on your own and, learning how to focus on your own health and that's your mental health, your emotional health and your physical health. And so just knowing how to prioritize all of these different aspects in your life in order to make sure that, you know, not only are you staying on top of things and doing your best to be successful, but also that you're taking care of yourself. So that could mean like, I mean, when we were in person, school priority setting could look like am I gonna spend 10 hours trying to perfect this paper when I have like five other assignments that I know are due and are also very important or am I gonna balance my time more efficiently and think about you know what is gonna what is more important for me in this moment and where should I put it be where should I be putting my energy towards or it could look like am I gonna work on this 10 page paper or go to the bars tonight either (laughs) (laughs) what am I gonna college is about exactly (laughs) college is about experience as well but no bars are open so that's not really an option don't go to the bars please (laughs) Please don't go to the bars (laughs) please that's really good I mean also you could even put it in the sense of like 
maybe a lot of people are home right now that you got extra chores, you know, because you're home Mm. with your family or you have to, I don't know, take your little sibling to somewhere that they need to be or whatnot. Um, It's definitely easier to focus on yourself and your priorities, obviously, when you're off at college and you're living on your own. So maybe your priorities kind of change because of your environment, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. So -hmm. keeping in mind that your priorities are changing and sort of just weighing what is important for you in the moment that you're living in um, and learning how to to balance all your responsibilities that way. You're right in the sense that your 10-page paper may not be your priority, you know? Self-care, man. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or just taking that break that you need. I think what I learned is, like, I can't be 100% in everything you know like I can't Mm -hmm. give my 100% to everything because ultimately by the end of it I'm going to be completely drained of everything that I have and I'm probably going to end up like producing shitty work anyway because I tried so hard to like put my 100% into everything yeah so that's a really big part of being responsible and knowing how to prioritize and knowing how to distribute your energy accordingly okay so my next my tip actually kind of goes along with yours is that make a schedule you know obviously like lay out your priorities but it is nice to maybe make a schedule that day or even at the start of the week so keep that routine and you know your routine doesn't have to be like wake up at 6 a.m get ready and be ready for the day at 7 7 30 it could just be you know you consistently wake up at maybe like 9 30 and then you kind of roll out of bed and get your coffee take a shower and you're ready to work at 10 30 or 11 but at least it's more productive than just waking up early and then you're like groggy the whole day and then sluggish and then you don't have a schedule that you're that is kind of keeping you accountable you know what was your schedule like and okay, let's say what's your schedule now? What's your routine? So sometimes it changes, which again is also okay. You know, you can have A's and B's days or whatever, but sometimes I will wake up at 8.30 and then grab my coffee and wash my face and do that and then kind of take my time with it that I'm sitting at my desk and ready to work at like 9.30 and then I'll work until probably, and I'll do stuff for my Etsy shop until like 11.30-ish, until I get free, and then I stop for lunch. And then after lunch, I will like get back into it, um, maybe work on like more art and stuff to post or whatnot, and then I probably end around four-ish, I would say. But, like, in college, specifically, I had, there were some classes where I didn't, I really liked morning classes to be done with, but some classes I couldn't get until, like, 1 p.m., right? So then my Mm -hmm. schedule on those days ended up being, like, I wake up around 9.30, I go on a run, or I go to the gym, and then I'll come back, make a really good breakfast and shower, and then I'm ready to go to class at, like, 12. And whereas, like, I woke up later, but I felt like I was so productive in that time. And even in that routine, like, I took my time doing my makeup and picking out my outfit, but it felt good to, like, keep that routine, you know? Oh, nice. Yeah. I think 
keeping like having a daily routine for yourself is especially helpful when we're at home mm-hmm. because we have nowhere to go and no incentive to really get up and get moving and so yeah when we like switched to online classes in the spring like this last quarter that I was in it definitely helped to like have my class schedule so I knew like when I had to attend classes actually only one of my classes were like live in real time so that was kind Mm -hmm. of not helpful (laughs) because that means I had to stay on top of my other two classes by watching the lectures on my own time Um, But that's exactly, like, why I set a routine. So, like, I knew that I had to watch certain lectures by the end of the week. So I set aside a specific time for that as if I was actually going to class and I had, like, a live lecture. So I would set um, a time, like, every Tuesday and Thursday, this is when I'm going to watch the lectures for this class. And this is when I'm going to work on the homework for this class, just to make sure that I'm like being consistent and I'm getting things done when they're supposed to be done. And I'm not just like pushing them aside or forgetting about it. But it's also something to motivate you to get through every day because it can be, you know, really draining to have to stay home all day. And even it totally helps actually getting ready and putting on like clothes. Oh, yes. if you were going out to class or to work um I feel so much more productive if I'm dressed up and not just in my pajamas because I feel like okay like I'm in the mode to like get shit done you know yeah I did yeah I definitely did that a lot when I was in school but now I really (laughs) need to work on that because (laughs) it is so easy for me to to roll out of bed and just like be in my pajamas and And the, my issue is that I have Zoom meetings that I go into. And so I'm seeing people and I'm looking like this. <laughs> Nobody can see me right now, but Kyla can see me. And I really am looking like this when I go to work. So <laughs> that is something I need to work on because I think it'll definitely put my energy up. At least like me getting for me getting ready and like right. looking nice definitely mm-hmm. boosts my energy a little bit. But I don't know, man. I just get so lazy in the morning. <laughs> Well, you know, and I mean, hey, maybe you should try it tomorrow. Let me know how you feel. You know, I think I am going to do it tomorrow because tomorrow's my mom's birthday. Oh, So okay, I do have to like, I should get ready tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay, let me know how it goes. New day. Yeah. My next tip would be, oh, this is a really good one, I think think when we're in a time where it's very hard to like connect with people because we're not going to classes and sitting next to our friend Kyla and saying (laughs) hey like another day of class can I get your email and yeah we don't have a class to go into and like meet the people that we're sitting next to or meet the people in our study like what do you call those discussions oh is that what you called them like the classes that you went into with your TA like not the large lectures I didn't have those because my I went to oh because you went to a small private university (gasps) I went to a small liberal private university (laughs) in the middle of the city that sounds so pretentious (laughs) um yeah so my my classes were already like really small like as small as oh that makes so much sense and then as big as like 30 something 
there's many different college experiences. You have mm-hmm. your small private liberal arts college, <laughs> and then you have your huge research universities like I went to where our lectures were literally like 500 people plus maybe and then we had to split those up into smaller classes that we call discussions that met usually like once or twice a week um, in addition to the lectures. Um, How many hours a week was that? It was so usually like our lectures like let's say your lecture is like what twice a week two hours Mm -hmm. or so so then you would have a discussion and it would probably be like they're usually an hour like once a week yeah so it wasn't okay. too it wasn't too bad and it was really helpful because you got to like have closer interaction with people and then also have a TA like a teacher's mm-hmm. assistant that um you could work with and ask questions to right um you know what now that we're on that topic instead of saying my other tip I'll just say <laughs> my <laughs> another one that I have is to ask for help and that's from your professors and from your TAs advisors that you have on campus I don't know about like how a lot of universities are doing it but I know that for my university they'll still have like online advising available to students Mm -hmm. so I would just say take advantage of like all the resources that you have and to especially during this time like if you're struggling with something then definitely reach out and ask for help and I know that's hard to say because I've definitely seen a lot of instances like um where professors are the opposite of helpful (laughs) Um, and quite awful actually so I hope that's not the case for most people but if you do find like supportive figures that you can look to for help um, and maybe that's your TA and not your professor um, then definitely take advantage of that because the ones the good ones out there want to help you succeed and Mm -hmm. this is a hard time for everyone so this is definitely a good reason to like lean on people for help um and it doesn't have to be like professors or TAs it could be your peers too um and so I'm sure like I don't know what other people are like but if someone were to ask me for help on like an an assignment or just see like if they wanted to like work together or something um I'd be open to it because, hey, like, there's no competition here. We're all just trying to get through the day. <laughs> yeah. No, so, totally. Yeah. My, um, what was super helpful for me was in my sorority, there was a senior while I was a freshman, and she was actually a psychology – I was a psychology major, and she was a psychology peer advisor, and she was so helpful. We met at one meeting – event thing at that event she was like yeah just email me whenever you're free and we can totally work on whatever you need to and she sat down with me for like three hours and like cranked out my four-year plan and like the professors that I should take and all of these things and like how to help me and it's just people are so willing to help especially your peers or even like upper classmen because they've gone through it you know I love that look for the people who are willing to help because most people are you'd be surprised yeah I think we're most of the time we're just too shy to ask mm-hmm. but most people are and so definitely do so because there's no shame there's no shame in not knowing yeah there's no shame in being confused or being curious you know mm-hmm. 
So, and this even applies to like your job or your ex. Say that you're on like an e-board position in your extracurriculars. Like seriously, ask for help because honestly, my pet peeve was people telling me that they could do things and not ask for help, and then they couldn't do it. You know, whereas mm-hmm. I'm sitting here like. I want to help you. I want to help you learn. So I feel like more often than not, people are people want to help you. And if you asked, I'm sure they would be more than willing to. Well, I guess this goes along with um, asking for help is just stepping out of your comfort zone and trying new things. And this also doesn't have to be with getting involved in school because – I don't really know how you would. It's kind of hard to do, right? (laughs) I know some organizations are doing online things, but I mean, it is still weird. So if you don't want to do it that way, I understand. But even just getting out of your comfort zone of trying new things um, can also really help your mental health. You know, you're trying new things, you're putting yourself out there, you're learning, you're growing, and you're also kind of challenging and stimulating yourself you know I feel like that was a weird 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 (laughs) word choice (laughs) stimulating (laughs) no you're right though (laughs) what is when is the time that you've stepped out of your comfort zone and what did it what was the result of that does starting my Etsy count yeah it was like a big step for me because I was never one to like put my art out there for the Mm -hmm. world to critique and I still get like super nervous about it sometimes but I think me taking that step was like also really good for me because I challenged myself to just like put myself out there and put my work out there that's really good and here you are getting reposted by Duncan yeah (laughs) Duncan (laughs) if you never put your art out there that would never have happened and you wouldn't have gotten you wouldn't have had an entire Duncan audience view your artwork. <laughs> that is true. Crazy Duncan lovers out there. And I didn't I didn't know how crazy they were. I mean, and I mean this in the nicest way possible because I love Duncan. But there are some <laughs> people where they're like, I live and breathe by Duncan. I go and buy their iced coffee every morning. I'm like, you guys are true fans. They Die have a really good fans. fan base. Yeah. Good for you. Proud of you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And that is acknowledge everyone in the room. So as you're getting out of your comfort zone, whatever that may be to you, what I mean by acknowledge everyone in the room is just make sure that you're being present and that you're introducing yourself to people and meeting new people or taking every opportunity to meet new people. Um, So, like, in your Zoom classes, for example, I would say my next tip has a lot to do with that. I feel so bad saying this because I didn't actually do this and I was so bad at doing it. But that's why I'm saying it now because I wished I had been more outgoing in this way. Um, But, like, say hi to people in your classes. Like, when I was in lectures and stuff, I would hear about people, like, making friends in their lectures. And I'm like how do you do that? Like, <laughs> how, how do you have so many friends from your classes? But it was because, you know, I was so shy and I like, I kind of just like went in, took notes and then left, you know, I didn't really put in that effort to try to meet people. Yeah. But 
that was more me like in my campus organization like I wanted to meet new people and like say hi to everyone um and those were like those are like the some of the most memorable parts of my experience because I met so many different people that like I'm surprised became such a big part of my life or even if they're not like a huge part of my life I still learned something from everyone that I've met and I've like been exposed to so many like awesome kind creative unique people and I think that's something you really just need to um what do you call it what's the word for feeding your soul (laughs) um fulfillment (laughs) I don't know just forget the word but I just think that's a really, really important, especially during college when you have this opportunity to be exposed to so many different people. Mm-hmm. Jump on that because you learn so much more about the world. And you also like, no, that's a really, I feel like that's a really good one because you just never know who you're going to meet. And I'm going to turn it into like a networking standpoint also. It, is yeah. That- those people could later on help you um, maybe like getting a job or whatever, or, you know, you're, you're using these to like make those connections and relationships now in college. And then it's just that much easier to network once you're out of college and meeting new people and that new recruiting officer that for that company that you really want to work at. It's just that much easier to make a connection with them because you're so used to doing it with everyone else you know oh yeah definitely yeah so but something that I learned going through that process and meeting everyone was just the the art of talking to people you know like it Mm. it made it that much easier to meet new people for me and then just more comfortable like maybe I what I mean when I met you I was more out I was outgoing and I, I think I am an outgoing person, but I still have that little learn more about yourself and more about the kind of person that you want to be. Because that's what I felt like meeting new people. I've like seen parts of people where I'm like, you know what? I want to become more like that type of person. Like this is, that is what I want to live by. These are like the types of values that I want to live by or something like that. It doesn't have to be as profound as that, but like, pit of anxiety when you meet new people you know what I mean yeah and and you're in like like, a new environment too exactly and I feel like me talking to more people um outside of even like my college and just like meeting new people in general it made it so much easier for me to not have that pit of anxiety when talking to people and that I mean that was me stepping out of my comfort zone and even like talking to adults oh I used to be afraid to talk to adults (laughs) I what if I was like I still am (laughs) and that's how I grew up right like adults were kind of this like authority figure for me yeah um but I went to so many conferences where it was they were the adults that I had to talk to and I don't know it was just like easier for me it just gets easier as you go on and then you realize like it's so fun talking to people yeah maybe that's just me (laughs) There are introverts out there who are like, it is not fun. That's true. It's all up to your preference. But I think like if you're able to, it's not like you have to like go up and go up in front of a a bunch of people and put yourself out there in that way, because that is not for everyone. And I understand that. So I challenge whoever is listening, your next 
Zoom class or Zoom meeting or whatever you have, try to pick someone up that you haven't really talked to or gotten to know and just say hi. (laughs) Maybe message them on the side. (laughs) But don't say anything weird because those are, even if it's private, the professor can see or the host. Yeah, I heard about that. Well, I'm not encouraging anyone to say anything weird. (laughs) I'm encouraging starting a conversation. A perfectly, you know, chill Mm -hmm. conversation. And also get people's contact information because you never know when you're going to be hella confused on an assignment. And that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you, I don't know if your classes did it, but my classes did this and my brother's now in Zoom where the professors will put you in breakout groups. Breakout rooms. And it's like five (laughs) at you. Five out you, five of you, or or so. They're small groups, so I take Lee's advice and speak in those breakout rooms because some people I, keep themselves muted or their video off, and you're like, "Hello, like, are you even there?" So I saw this tweet, uh, this or I don't know if it was a tweet or if it was a TikTok. I can't remember, but this girl had an experience in a breakout room where she entered the room. And then she tried to, like, be friendly and start a conversation with the people in her breakout room, you know, like a kind person would do. And also they were supposed to be talking about something in particular. So she tried to start that conversation. And as soon as she started talking, everyone turned their cameras off. And first of all, I just think that's so rude. <laughs> like, <laughs> so rude. They knew, like, oh, my God, this person is talking. What is she doing? And they just turned their cameras off. But then as soon as the professor came into the breakout room, everyone started talking as if they were talking about what they were supposed to be talking about and like just like pretending that, you know, they were actually talking. And then she was like, oh, okay." And she got her hopes up and like started talking back and stuff. As soon as the professor left, everyone (laughs) turned their cameras off again and muted themselves. And she was left alone once again. I just thought that was so awful and sad. That is so awful that poor girl don't be the person who turned your camera off like that i mean if you have to have your camera off by all means but like don't be rude like if someone's trying to talk to you then respond (laughs) and have a nice conversation we're all stuck at home and we're all lacking social connection social contact so I would take advantage of that opportunity to be able to talk to someone definitely well my brother he's in breakout rooms too like for certain classes and he's a freshman right now and he kept it on and he was saying how like nobody was contributing but you know he like just wanted to crank it out but I guess there was one senior in his breakout room that was also contributing with him and then the senior I guess bought the textbook for the class and then ended up just sharing it with my brother. So my brother doesn't have to buy the textbook. And he was like, I'm so glad that I was like present in that breakout room. Yeah, he, like, just awesome. sent my brother the textbook. See, you never know who's going to send you a free textbook. Seriously. Yeah. There you yeah. go. That's a huge thing too. Like get to know people and see if they have PDFs for your textbook. <laughs> because that can be really helpful and save yeah. a lot of money. I love people who are willing to share like all the pdfs and resources that they have because it's hard out here for a lot of people and so you know if you have things to share then why not also 
just a side just a side note this is totally your brother's a freshman in college yeah isn't that crazy that's insane how hold on i met him when he was in the fifth grade didn't i i I know no yeah he He was in the fifth grade right wait no wait what grade (laughs) or the sixth grade yeah yeah no no no. he was in the fifth grade and now he's a freshman in college yeah that just aged me well so so brendan when did you meet brendan my cousin he was what like he was literally like a baby a baby he was a baby he's in middle school how old am i (laughs) you're pretty old old am i what is happening oh my goodness all these children are all of a sudden not children anymore i know well and then i'm not a child anymore (laughs) my youngest cousin he's already got a girlfriend he's like what (laughs) (laughs) he's like he's like he got cuffed before me second or third oh my gosh dude no he it was brendan who told me that he had two girlfriends so at the same time yes so i had to sit him down he's eight everyone he's eight i had to sit him down and be like that's not okay why do you have two girlfriends and he was like they wanted to be my girlfriends and i was like you can only have one that is not okay but oh he's very sweet gosh. and also got them valentine's like but, dude they're Both so apparently <laughs> like sister wives out here or something oh my and they're both okay with, I mean, well, to each I their own, know. I guess. <laughs> I kept asking him, I was like, do they know about the other? And he just kept running away from me to play his oh, Pokemon. That's problematic. Uh, yeah. He's probably like, dude, literally butt out. But I'm like, no, we got to teach him young. He can only have <laughs> one at a time. <laughs> so my next tip, go to class. Um, even more so now that it's online. I mean, you were saying how like, it is super helpful to, you know, take make that time of like to watch those lectures or like mm-hmm. block out that time like you were going to class. And it's like so hard to first like go to class in person, especially in a big lecture, because you're like, mm, I'm too lazy. I <laughs> they won't even bed. notice I'm not yeah, there. <laughs> exactly. And then so more so now online, you're like not as inclined to go because it's all online. And then most professors are just like, recording your classes right Mm -hmm. to watch later but I think it's so important to just you know get up and crank it out also let's be honest are you really gonna watch that video later on no you're not (laughs) something's gonna come up something (laughs) (laughs) so right go to class sit there you know I was a big doodler in class sometimes I daydreamed and would just doodle all over my notebook, but at least I was present and half listening. That sounds so bad. Yeah, but hey. I I had this theory that if I just go to class, because I know that I had like a very short attention span when I was in class, because I just feel like they sometimes they just drone on and on and on. <laughs> you just they lose you, you know. Yeah. But I had this theory that like as long as I was sitting in the class and like the words were going through my ears (laughs) I would eventually retain it like in the future if I were to be like tested on it or if I were to be studying it I would like 
recognize it. I don't know if this is true, but I would recognize it just because I was sitting in that class and like hearing it, even though I wasn't actively paying attention. That is not to say you shouldn't be actively paying attention because I think <laughs> it is really helpful to to actively listen. <laughs> That's the best way to go. But I'm just saying like sometimes that doesn't happen. That's just reality. And I don't know. I think it helped me to at least be there. Yeah, um, definitely. And let it let it enter your mind passively. <laughs> <laughs> um or just yeah. in any way. I agree. I I definitely believe that like I got something out of it by going to class. You know, I maybe it was something small that I retained, but I retained it. I had this one professor as a psychology major. Most psychology professors don't like whatever they present don't pertain to the slides or they they just don't have slides in general because they think that you like have to actively listen and write down notes to really um remember well and I had this professor who would say information that you would have to write down and then he'd go off on this tangent so I would totally zone out during his tangents and then not realize that I had zoned out until he was like halfway through the next block of information and but other people also did this so like at the end of class we're all like trading notes trying to fill in the blanks of what we missed <laughs> because I had his stories like drum like they drug drug drag drag dra- dragged <laughs> <laughs> It just went on and on. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh no, that would happen to me even during my online lectures. As soon as they, as soon as I get lost at one point and I like my mind goes elsewhere, I would like snap back to reality and the professor would be like, all right, that's it for today. And I'd be like, oh my no, gosh. I just missed everything you just said. Oh my uh, gosh. But luckily, I feel like most. Most professors are open to using slides now that everything's online, like posting their stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. ugh, it obviously depends. It's by case by case by, it's a case by case <laughs> basis. That's right, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Okay. <laughs> um, I definitely think going to class is helpful if your professor is a good teacher some professors really suck and are not helpful at all and sometimes it really is just more helpful to teach yourself which is unfortunate because of course we all hope to have good teachers but yeah I think I was really fortunate enough to have really good teachers like I probably there's only like one or two where I'm like you actually were horrible um but they tried. Yeah, I was actually very fortunate too. I didn't have a lot of professors that I complained about. A lot of the complaints that I heard were from like other people about their own professors. I had one professor who, this is so off topic, but I just keep thinking about him. So he was really young. I want to say he was like in his 30s. Like he looked young and he would, I, I had him a couple of times at the start of the very first class, he would sit kind of in the back of the lecture room and just wait for people to come in. And it was like this trick that he had done to just like watch people and see how they would react to a professor being quote unquote late, even though he was in the room. Mm-hmm. He was obviously a psychology professor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there was one class where it happened and I like kind of waved a little 
enough for him to see, but not for a lot of people because it's his thing that he doesn't want anybody to know, right? Mm -hmm. So we were sitting there probably like 10 minutes go by and the girls in the, there are girls in the front who start complaining very loudly. And then people are like, does anybody know what this professor looks like? And then I'm like watching this all go down because I'm not going to out him. And then someone's like, I think he's like an old man. Like I've never seen him before. And then one girl's like pissed that he's late and she's like this is my time my money my tuition and he's gonna be late like this and then I turned around and I was like are you gonna say anything yet to him and he was like no I'm gonna keep it shut up and then, <laughs> so literally like 20 minutes went by and and then he finally stood up and everyone was like oh my gosh <laughs> 20 and minutes yes he literally sat there for like 20 minutes and I was like oh my gosh this is so funny (laughs) that's my story (laughs) I feel bad for anyone who left the class did anyone leave I'm sure a lot of people no no one left nobody left because they were like well isn't there a rule that we can leave and then someone was like I think he's notoriously late and then I think it's like the first class so everyone was like okay well am I just gonna like wait you know I don't know interesting but yeah so that's funny but he was like he was like one of the best professors I had like his conversations were so good and he just talked in a way that you wanted to listen it was so entertaining yeah. and informative it was really great all right my next tip we're getting a little deeper and broader here but it would be to let your mind change And what I mean by that is, at least for me, I changed a lot in just these four years. As I changed in the four years that I was in college, my mind also changed a lot. That meant like my goals were changing, my interests were changing. And a lot of the times that would be frustrating because I would have a specific path set in mind for me. And then all of a sudden... I'm like, wait, I don't actually think this is what I want. And that's a really frustrating feeling when you're like in this stage in your life where you want to be in the process of getting yourself together. So I was also a peer advisor um, in my last two years of college. So there were a lot of people that came in um, to change their majors. And I think that was like a really big thing for college students as well is like changing your major can be a really big deal for some people because obviously like the ideal situation is that you would go into a major that you want and stick with it so you can finish within you know like the average four years right yeah but if you like change your major in the middle of it because you realize like you're doing something and you're learning things that you're not passionate about at all that can be extremely frustrating because all of a sudden you have to change the classes that you're taking and you might be a little behind because there's classes like prerequisites that you still need to take in order to take your upper division classes, stuff like that, you know? I think like we have to be open to those changes in order to like successfully get through them, like emotionally and mentally too. You know what I mean? Definitely. And to not beat yourself up for like, changing your mind because you're gonna go through so many different experiences that your mind can't help but change like 
the more you're exposed to like different things, you're going to realize, I don't really like that much. Or I think I really like this and I've become more passionate about this. Um, I say this and that. That could be like, I don't know, art or like I picked up because I was I came in as a communication major and then I ended up really enjoying the Asian American studies classes that I was taking. By the way, highly recommend people to take ethnic studies classes just in general, no matter what major you are, if you're able to fit ethnic studies classes into your schedule. I highly recommend. But anyway, um, I started getting really into the Asian American studies classes I was taking. And so I started working towards a minor in Asian American studies. And then so that was around my second year. I also realized that I was enjoying the psychology classes that I took. And these were all like prerequisites or general education classes. I wasn't necessarily required to take, but they were like options. And so I was thinking like, oh, I should do a psychology minor too. So I was working towards that. And then by my third year, I realized that I didn't want to do Asian American studies classes anymore. And I dropped that and then I decided to double major in psychology so like all these changes and then also I guess this is should have been the first thing that I mentioned but I also almost transferred out of the college that I was going to and I had applied to transfer to a different school my the beginning of my second year um, because I felt like after my first year that the university I was attending was not a good fit for me But then by the end of my second year, so much had happened. I had gotten more involved on campus and like in the organization that I was a part of. Yeah, by the end of it, like I had established myself more and I had discovered things that I actually enjoyed doing. And I decided not to transfer, even though I got into the school that I really wanted to go to and I thought I was going to go. And I even told everyone I was going, which is like so awful. I'm so embarrassed about it now. But like at the time, you have to understand, like, I was so sure. And that was why it was such a frustrating time for me, because I had to spend like months, like a a month deciding whether or not it was really what I wanted to do. And I even like visited the other college that I was gonna go to. And that experience was the thing that like made me waver in my decision and then all of a sudden I was just like so it was so frustrating I think just be like open to to these new experiences and letting it letting it change the way you like see yourself or see the world just because so many things can change in such a short amount of time because these years are like so formative no I I definitely agree and I feel like it society puts so much pressure on us deciding on a major when we're 18 and we haven't even experienced so many things like how are we supposed to decide on this major and career choice for which is going to be the rest of our lives you know ideally right you're you want to choose a major and then you want to graduate in the next four years and then get a job pertaining to the major and then you're set and so I feel like there's so much pressure in choosing the right thing I mean, I went through, and I feel like I'm still going through my choices just because for as long as I can remember, I wanted to go pre-med and become a doctor. I mean, I loved kids and I wanted to help people and I just loved the idea of that and I loved anatomy and I, that was what I wanted to be. And I feel like everybody knew that 
And then I felt like I had this idea in the back of my head throughout college. I mean, I told you also, like, I feel like we were like sophomores and I was telling you like, I don't know, I like still like have this idea in the back of my head that this isn't what I want to do. Right. Yeah. And, but then I didn't really listen to it and I kind of stuck with the idea that I was going to, I'm going to continue through pre-med. It all came like crashing into me realizing like, okay, this is the time where I would start applying that. And I realized it like last winter that I was like, I don't want to do pre-med and, or I already did pre-med. I don't want to go to med school. And so for my parents, it was also very confusing because I had never said anything and so it was, like, very sudden for them. But then for me, I I always had this lingering feeling. But then I am still not sure because why is it – why did it happen while I was in college, whereas, like, I had known that I wanted this for longer than that, you know? Right. So I feel like I'm still dealing with that and still trying to grasp the idea, like, I don't really want to do this and I'm exploring other options of, like, what because I still I still want to do all those things I want to work with kids and I want to help them but I was also looking into like therapy and like the different routes that I could go and so I feel like I wish that I just listened to that thought that was in the back of my head and really kind of explored that and let it let me actually like write down and see like okay how does this affect me because maybe I wouldn't be so confused Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going off of that, I was also going to say um, it's not only like it's not only all about like deciding what major is right for you, what career is right for you, because those are all societal pressures as well or like pressure from our family. And you might go into college and realize that college is not for you. And I think that's a really big thing to consider as well as we're going through this. But also college is hard. And and that's why we're, like, doing this. And we could honestly, like, talk all day about it. Yeah, so it's just a matter of being exposed to new and different things and realizing what works for you and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. And being open to adapt to those those changes, if any, come about. And then also just taking this time to become more of an agent of your life. And I know that's hard, like depending on the circumstances because there can be so many like societal pressures and familial pressures but just remembering at the end of the day that it's your life and doing what is ultimately best for you based on what you've experienced yourself you know yeah no I definitely I definitely agree with that I mean I've always heard that ages 18 to 22 are the most formative years in our lives you know and I felt that Yeah, yeah, I felt it first. (laughs) You definitely also, I mean, or like your first year of college, you're gonna be like, no, like I already know who I am, right? You formed through high school, but like you change even more, and I think you should definitely allow yourself to change. I'm so different Mm -hmm. from how I was, and I also felt the the change and like the changes physically, emotionally, mentally. Yeah, and it could be changes or it could be discovering the real parts of you, you know, who yeah. you truly are, who you really are, your exactly. true identity. <laughs> anything, yeah. honestly, anything can happen. You could end the, these four years feeling just as lost as you were when you started. 
LOL me. Hi, hello. <laughs> but that's okay. You're like, welcome to the club. You know? It is um, okay. It's definitely it, okay. It also can be, like, these experiences can also reinforce something. It doesn't necessarily have to change you. It could just reassure you that, okay, this is this is one aspect of yourself that you really are and you really embrace. And that's mm-hmm. really cool to see as well. When I, like, told my family that I'm still just as confused going into or graduating as I was going into college, they reminded me that I'm only 21 years old and nobody has their shit together at 21. I'm sorry. You know, like, yeah. And not everybody has it together in all aspects. Like someone may have it together in one aspect, but in the other aspect, they're totally flailing. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Also, we're on so many various paths like I have people my age who are married with kids and like I'm definitely not even close to being there (laughs) yeah but the social clock is what it is a social clock it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. and I think we benefit a lot more by just focusing on our own timeline and where we're at I also heard that 20s are the new no that 30s are the new 20s so yeah I definitely got plenty of time (laughs) (laughs) what's your last tip um, Are we on the last one? I don't think we're on the last I do, one. Because I do. I have one more. Do you also have one more? I'm confused because I think I have three more left. What? Are you sure? Oh, I have two more left. One of them is pretty like simple and just talking on a practical side of get a credit card and build your credit, build credit now. now. Um, Ooh. sooner rather sooner than later. later and I feel like I don't know for me when I was younger my parents kind of scared me out of a credit card because they were like a credit card is like not like you think that it's you have dangerous. money on a credit card <laughs> yeah you think you have money on a credit card but you actually don't or whatever and you see those shows you see those shows where it's always that kid who goes off to college and then gets a credit card. They like spend $3,000 on this credit credit card and then realize that they actually have to pay it off. I feel like there are always those shows. I just like never even thought about it, right? It was just never something on my radar until further into college where a credit card is actually so helpful and to just build your credit, you know, for that future apartment that you want to rent. You know, they do a credit check. Or car. Or a car or a loan for that new business that you want to start up, you know, mm-hmm. anything. So it's just super helpful. Obviously, be smart about it and don't spend money that you don't have. But Yes. Yeah, that's so important. Like, whatever your credit limit is, you got to be careful of, like, hidden fees, too. Yes. Some yeah. banks will just like not tell you about things. Yes. But I was I'm reading I'm actually reading this um what do you call a financial self-help book? A financial self-help book? <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading this Oh, uh, that's this is the word I was looking for. I'm reading this personal finance book. Oh, okay. Um this is the one so that different. I posted on my Snap story. <laughs> Just because you have that credit limit doesn't mean you have to reach it every time. Yeah, no, definitely. Just pay what you have. I used my – when I got my first credit card, I used it just to, like – I would, like, buy my groceries. Like, anything I had mm-hmm. to, like, get on a daily basis. And I would use it like a debit card, you know, because yeah. I still budgeted every month with, like, the amount of money that I had. So I would just use my credit card in place of my debit card, knowing that I had the money – 
to pay that back and then just consistently paying my credit card back so that I was like building credit like in a very like it was like very overtime like a very overtime process but um slowly but surely Mm -hmm. so my last tip is it's actually has a lot to do with the last one that I gave which is let your mind change um but it's also to forgive yourself so forgive yourself if you know you're your mind changes and you change and you get frustrated and you have to kind of like reevaluate your life for yourself Mm -hmm. forgive yourself for having to go through that forgive yourself for the mistakes that you make because no doubt you're gonna make mistakes that's just life we make mistakes every day I made a mistake yesterday probably I'm probably made a mistake (laughs) today I feel like you're talking to me also because I'm like yeah, I totally resonate with that. I am talking to you. Yeah, it's like, forgive yourself, Kyla. Because <laughs> the most, like, that is the first step to like getting through anything. Um, and this happened a lot when I was, like, going through a hard time, too. Like, if there was a rough relationship that I went through with someone, I also had to forgive myself for letting myself go through something like that you know it could be as big as that or as small as like forgiving yourself for forgetting to do your homework because we're all human and we make mistakes and the only way we can bounce back from that is if we accept what happened and acknowledge that we're going to make mistakes and then learn from them because that's the best thing you can do for yourself to move forward is to just take from your mistakes what you can and then move on, you know? Mm-hmm. No, totally. I have to remind myself that too. I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself and I get frustrated with myself. And it's the, you know, when you think about it, like if you made a mistake, I would never be hard on you and be like, Lee, how could you be so stupid? Are you kidding me? Like blah, blah, blah. I would be there for you and tell you that mistakes happen and that it's okay you're gonna learn from it and it's really not the end of the world but talking to myself I would totally be like how can you be so stupid Kyla you know right exactly we have to be nicer to ourselves and how we talk to ourselves because we think so often about forgiving other people Mm -hmm. but we often forget to forgive ourselves and I learned in my health psychology class that forgiveness and the act of forgiveness and the thoughts that come out of it is actually so good for your soul and for your mental health and your emotional Mm -hmm. health like just the act of forgiving and forgiving does not mean forgetting and it doesn't mean being okay with what happened it just means saying I don't know what does forgiveness mean to you yeah no I actually agree with that part that you were saying because for me forgiving may just you know kind of clearing the air and having that closure maybe if someone wronged you and I don't have to forget and I don't have to necessarily be close with that person anymore but I have the peace within myself to move on and it won't bother me and it won't have this control over me you know what I mean yeah yeah letting go of the control that it has over you Mm -hmm. and then yeah and that could be with other people too like if you're having trouble forgiving someone and a lot of negative thoughts can come out of that but again like with yourself 
that can happen so often and we totally just like forget that and I've forgotten that a lot and that's held me back in so many ways so yeah definitely learn to be more forgiving of yourself because you are human and you're still learning and you're still growing and the only way we can allow ourselves to grow more is if we're not so hard on ourselves and we accept the mistakes that we've made and taken that with us to learn how we could be better moving forward you know that's so nice I feel like you should have ended with that (laughs) now I still have to do my last one well what's your last one my (laughs) not as profound but it's exercise (laughs) that is such a good one (laughs) yeah But I mean, especially since we're at home, you know, get out and I'm not saying run a marathon, rock climb or whatever. No, because I can't do that. (laughs) I'm just saying go on that evening walk or maybe my brother and I have been loving pickleball right now. I have Um, no idea what pickleball is. So you have to explain. Really? So it's you play it on like a court smaller than a tennis court and they're like ping pong paddles and a wiffle ball and it's mm-hmm. kind of like tennis but it's pickleball it's easier than tennis I think and it's just so fun because it gets our competitive side out we're active but we're like not running or anything and it's something to think about other than the stressors in your life you know yeah so you just it's and then it's like an hour of us playing or walking or my family and I have been going on weekend hikes and hikes are so nice to be one with nature. Oh, that's you know? so nice. I should do that more often, really. Yeah. But yes, exercise, physical activity is good for you. And it's not just about, like, getting results. But it's just about keeping mm-hmm. your blood rushing and your mind you know, secreting yes. those necessary chemicals. No, exactly. Your <laughs> right? body releases endorphins when you work out, and those endorphins actually put you in a better mood and happier. There you go. And so I'm not That's saying what I wanted work to hear. Your, yeah, work yourself to death, but, you know, just get the body moving. Take a walk when you feel like you're working and you're, like, in this rut and you start getting sluggish, you know? Reset your brain. Stretch. Yes. Stretching is so good. I wanted to get into the routine of like stretching every single day because mm-hmm. I'm not like I have lost all flexibility that I used to have. Me and so. that's just because like I stopped stretching and I just think it'd be so good if I could get myself to like stretch every day. So that's something I want to try to work on. That's good. That's a good one. I'll do that too. Okay. Let's keep ourselves accountable. <laughs> okay. All right. I think a good way to end this would be why don't we each say one thing we would tell our 18-year-old self. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> oh, don't cry. I mean, you can cry if you want. <laughs> no, I'm not going to cry. <laughs> okay, you go first. Oh, wait, I have to think. I was hoping you would oh. go first so that I okay. could think about it. <laughs> okay. We can both think um, about it. I think that I would tell my 18-year-old self to have more fun. Oh. Like, I am such an overthinker, and, you know, I, I put a lot of pressure and stress on myself to, like, do my best in everything, 
and and need to relax man like life mm-hmm. is yeah life is hard and whatnot but it's also not that serious you know like and it's also not that long yeah so why am I stressing about the smallest things when when I'm now here I'm like dude not that big of a deal you know mm-hmm. so have fun I mean I definitely think that my college experience was great and I put myself out of my comfort zone and I you know really like went out and experienced things I didn't like just sit in my room and cry to myself every night <laughs> but I, yeah I guess have more fun at 18 and realize that I'm gonna get through whatever I was going through I love that yeah I would want you to tell that to my 18 year old self as well <laughs> I was actually like as we were thinking about it my first thought was to something along the same lines like value your experiences and be present Mm -hmm. as much as you can and not that I look back on my years like feeling like I didn't value my experiences or wasn't present in the moment Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to think that I wasn't present in the moment just because I miss it all so much now yeah um but I think that's definitely something to like that I could have been more conscious about so that, like you said, so that I wasn't stressing over so many little things. And I actually took that time to just live my life and also to just like trust the process more and trust myself and trust that I'd be able to get through anything. I think that's like, yeah, that's actually a really big thing too, because I went through a couple difficult years and I think what would have gotten me through it is if I was like, if the me now was there right next to me saying like, you got this, trust yourself and you're strong enough to like get through it. I think if I was there and able to tell myself that, that would have helped a lot. Just knowing Mm -hmm. like where I am now, obviously that's not possible, but yeah, if I could tell myself it would just, it would just to be, yeah. (laughs) No, yeah. No, I get it. I mean, I was so emotional and thought every moment was, you know, fleeting, I guess, you know? I don't know. Yeah, and to focus on who's, like, there for you and lean on those people when you need them because Mm -hmm. I was so fortunate to have an amazing support system throughout my college years. And I think a lot of the times that left my head when I was going through a really tough time and I would just focus on all the negative and focus on the people that have hurt me instead of like recognizing how many people I was surrounded by that loved me and cared for me and that I loved and cared for. So I think that's really important as well. Yeah. But I learned that going through all of that. And now I am here today and am able to apply those lessons (laughs) to my life. (laughs) That's good. This is Things We Think We Know. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.